Amen. Thank you, Bill and Rhonda. Well, you know, earlier this year, there was this big controversy about whose life mattered the most. Black lives, white lives, big lives, little lives. And finally, somebody came out saying, all lives, what? Matter. You know, there were rallies and marches and demonstrations and even firings all surrounding this controversy over whose life really mattered. And yes, all lives matter. But the question I keep asking and that I want to ask this morning is, who do these lives matter to? That's the real question. You see, my life may not matter to a whole lot of people, especially if they don't know me. The same is true for each of us here. We matter to our families. We matter to our friends. We may matter to our coworkers. That's a big maybe. But do we really matter to our community at large? Our insurance company? The person in the car behind you at the stoplight? In most cases, we don't matter very much to those people. So who do we matter to? You know, I remember in biology a few things from 10th grade. You know, matter was anything that has weight and takes up space. So I'm here to tell you, you matter. <laughs> you weigh something, and you're taking up space. But you're more than just material matter. You are a living soul. And you matter to the one who gave you that soul and that body. And that's the Lord God. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, For in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. You matter because of Jesus Christ. So over the next couple of months, we're going to be examining the significance that Christ places on every individual, including yours, in a new sermon series entitled Matter. So today, let's address the lives of a certain group of people who matter, but yet they struggle feeling like they really matter. They feel like they've never, they never truly measure up, that they're never enough.
you're wondering where that clip comes from, it's from the movie Mom's Night Out. And if you haven't seen it, it's a powerful Christian movie. Moms, Jesus gave you one of the greatest jobs in the universe, caring for the little souls that he sent you. William Ross Wallace wrote these words honoring the impact of motherhood upon the world. Blessings on the hand of women, angels guard its strength and grace, in the palace, cottage, hovel, oh, no matter where the place, wood that never storms assailed it, rainbows ever gently curled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Infancy's the tender fountain, power may with beauty flow, mothers first to guide the streamlets, from them souls unresting grow. Grow on for the good or evil, sunshine streamed or evil hurled. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Woman, how divine your mission here upon this natal sod. Keep, oh keep, the young heart open always to the breath of God. All true trophies of the ages are from mother love impearled. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Blessings on the hand of women, fathers, sons, and daughters cry. And the sacred song is mingled with the worship in the sky. Mingles where no tempest darkens, rainbows evermore are hurled. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. This morning, moms, I would like to show you how Jesus places value on you and the role you fill. And in so doing, I also want to show you how you can depend upon Jesus Christ to be enough when you don't feel like you're enough. If we were to take a poll here this morning, I'm, I could almost bet that 100% of the mothers here today would say, I don't feel like I have been or ever will be enough for my children. But I want to show you this morning that you are and that you can be. First of all, Jesus honored mothers by being conceived and born through a mother. Don't forget that. Jesus had a mom. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38, it's the Christmas story. But we're going to have Christmas right here on Mother's Day. Luke 1, 26, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. 
to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, hear this, ladies, to you. Rejoice, highly favored one. God has shown high favor upon you to give you the children that he gave you. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible." Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And then we read in chapter 2, verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Jesus honored mothers by, become, by coming to earth through a mother. God had to tell Mary. Mary had the same trepidations that many of you moms feel. There was fear, there was worry, there was concern. How could she be enough for the Son of God? If a mother ever felt insignificant, it had to be Mary to get, be giving birth to the Son of God, to be responsible for rearing the Son of God. But God said to Mary, I am with you, Mary. Mothers, God is with you. He is with you as you are continuing to raise your children, and He is enough. He is enough for you. And by the way, I want you to notice that Mary said, How can this be? How can this be? How can this be? I've never known a man. How can I, I have a son when I, I've never known a man? In that way. And God said, With God, nothing will be impossible. Moms, have you ever faced some impossible situations with your children? something that was completely out of your control. See, Jesus is enough when you need the impossible to happen. Some of you are facing some impossible situations right now. You think, what is going to happen? How can I get through this? Well, he wants every one of us, not just moms, to know that he's enough. With what is impossible with, God, with man is, is possible with God. Moms, also, Jesus made himself obedient to his mother. In Luke chapter 2, verse 41 through 52, the Bible says that his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy, Jesus, lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey 
and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject or obedient to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Here's the Son of God. God who stepped off of heaven's throne to come to the womb of a a woman, to be born just like every one of us are born, raised like every one of us are raised. He created his mama. Ain't none of us can boast of that here. Jesus could. Hey, mom, I made you. I ain't got to listen to you. I'm over you. I'm more important than you. You can't tell me what to do. He was the only one that had the right to say that. How many of us have said that when we didn't have the right to say that? You can't tell me what to do. I'm old enough. I can do my own thing. Jesus, the only one who had the real right to say that, never did. It says he made himself obedient, subject, under his father and his mother. Jesus is enough, moms, when your heart is anxious over your children. Mary's heart. Can you imagine missing your child for a couple of days, not knowing where he is? You ever lost a kid? Unintentionally, I mean. (laughs) It'd freak a mom out. Anybody ever lost a kid, really? You left a kid? Okay, look, we got some honesty. Freaks you out, doesn't it? Yeah, we lost a kid one time. Joshua, I'll tell you all this story, hiding behind the couch. He was just playing a little game, and, and we didn't know where he was. And, oh, Mom, I tell you what, she was, I, we had to peel her off the ceiling. She was climbing the walls trying to figure out where he was. It scares a mama to death. But, you know, that never, you never outgrow that, moms. You know, even you think when your kids get older and they go off on their own that you still, you're going to be a little more comfortable, but it's not necessarily the case. You still have those feelings of anxiousness for your child. You see, Jesus is enough when your heart is anxious. You see, Jesus said to his mom, Mom, you got to let me go. Now, this was 12 years old. Now, of course, obviously, he was not ready to step out of the home, step out from under the authority of his parents. But what he was saying was, Mom, God the Father sent me here for a greater purpose than just being your baby. Mom, I have to be about my father's business. That God had a greater purpose for his life, and every mom has to understand that, and, and they do understand that, but it's hard to come to grips with that emotionally, that you have to let go so that they can be about what God created them to be about. But Jesus is enough when your heart is anxious over your children. I want you to notice a third thing. In and, and, uh, Matthew chapter 15, we find something interesting that uh, Jesus teaches about, and you don't, you don't really hear any... I've never really heard a sermon about this particular portion of Scripture. 
But uh, it says in Matthew 15, verse 1, Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever you profit, you might have received, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then indeed, then he need not honor his mother or father. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, he calls them. Now, this passage is interesting because the Hebrew word denoting gift is, is korban. And it means something devoted or dedicated to the service of God. The law of God required that a son should honor his parents. Among other things, that he would provide for their needs. And when they were up in years, he would take care of them. Yet the Jewish teachers said that it was more important for a man to dedicate his property to God than to provide for the needs of his parents. If he had devoted his property and said, Corbin, that is, all that I have is devoted to God, it could not be appropriated to any other purpose, even to the support of his parents. Even if a parent was needy and poor and should apply to their child for assistance, and that son should say, yeah, well, I've already devoted that to God, so I can't help my parents, then the law said, that, or their tradition said, that was okay. You can neglect your parents in order to keep what you've devoted to God. Jesus condemned that practice because it dishonored the parents. Even devoting something to God and not taking care of your parents is condemned by Jesus Christ. You see, there are times, moms and dads, when your children are going to dishonor you. They may do something that drags your family name through the mud. They may make a decision or decisions that you just don't approve of, that you wish they wouldn't. They're going to dishonor you. They're going to dishonor everything that you've stood for, everything that you've taught them. They may go against. What do you do? Well, I want to remind you, Jesus is enough even when your children dishonor or maybe even disown you. Moms, dads even, your identity, your value, your worth to Christ is not wrapped up in the behavior of your children. Hear that again. Your worth, your identity, your value is not wrapped up in the behavior of your children. Even if it's good behavior, that doesn't necessarily mean you've been a good parent. Even if it's bad behavior, that doesn't necessarily mean you've been a bad parent. 
Your identity, worth, and value is not wrapped up in the behavior of your children. Jesus is enough even when your children dishonor and disown you. It happened in Jesus' day, and it's still happening today. I want you to notice something else. The first miracle recorded in the scriptures is from John chapter 2. It says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. What Jesus is saying is that he, wasn't, he didn't feel like he was ready to reveal who he truly was, that he was the Son of God, the miracle worker, the Messiah at that point. That's what he was saying to Mom. Mom, my hour has not yet come. It's not time for me to do something like this. But his mother, almost as if she ignored him, said to the servants, Whatever he tells you to do, do it. I hear Mary saying, I know what you said, son but I have confidence you'll do the right thing. Now, there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it had come from, and by the way, that's the key, Jesus was able to honor his mother and still not manifest himself publicly. He was able to perform this miracle without anybody knowing who had done it. He found a way to honor his mom, to do what she asked him to do, and at the same time honor his heavenly father. Says they didn't know where it had come from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum. He and his mother, his brothers, his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. Jesus took his mother's concern upon himself. He honored mothers by taking her concern upon himself. See, that's what, that's what we as children can do. When our mothers express a concern or a need, we honor them by taking that concern upon ourselves and doing what we can do to meet their concern. You know, Mary, this wasn't an emergency for her, but obviously these were friends of the family. Maybe even family members. We don't know whose wedding this was. But obviously Mary felt an obligation. When the, when the wine ran out, she took it upon herself. She felt the duty. Something's got to be done. There's a need here that's got to be met. I can't meet it. There's nothing I can do to meet this need. And so she appeals to the only one she knows who can meet that need. Her son, God in the flesh. And she just makes a simple request in the form of a statement, they have no wine. You see, moms, when you need a miracle, 
when there's something in your life that you can't do. Jesus is enough. You can appeal to Him. You can cry out to Him. You can ask Him. And listen, He'll do everything in His power to meet the needs that you have. That's what He promises us. My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory. Jesus provided a miracle at His mother's request. His mother requested this miracle. Would this miracle have been done had his mother not requested it? I wonder what has happened in your home and in the lives of your children because you moms prayed for it. Because you asked for it. God did it. I wonder what's not being done in the lives of your children or in your family because you moms or dads are not asking for it. It may seem impossible. It may seem that the need can't be met, but Jesus is enough when you need a miracle. And I want to show you one more from John 19. Jesus ensured his mother's care even after his departure. In John 19, 25, it says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus honored his mother even on his, as he was dying on the cross. As he saw his, his disciple John, who liked to refer to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved, as he saw John standing there next to his mother. In fact, those, John was the only disciple at the foot of the cross. That's how much, much he loved Jesus. But there stood his mother. And he was wondering, obviously Joseph had since passed away. Joseph is, is, is mysteriously absent in, in most of the Gospels. But there's his mother and there's his disciple. And he wants to make sure his mother's well cared for. And honoring his mother, he told his mother, mother, this is now your son. This is now the one who's going to care for you. You see, a woman had to have a man in those days to, to care for, to be uh, responsible for. It, their culture is still much that way. And Jesus was assigning John the responsibility. You're the man now, John. Now this is your mom. Even though physically, biologically, this is not your mother, I want you to see her and take care of her as if she is your mother. And mom, even though he's not biologically your son, I, I want you to look to him to be your son. Jesus ensured his mother's care even after his departure. But you know, as Mary stood there looking at her son, moms, can you imagine, and many of you have, unfortunately, or some of you have, Watched your children leave this world. Mary is standing there at the foot of the cross. She was a witness to his beatings. She was a witness to the crucifixion. You remember what Simeon told Mary when they dedicated Jesus to the Lord, just like these couples dedicated their children to the Lord? They brought Jesus to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord. I spoke words of blessing and encouragement over these children. 
I can't see the future. I don't know what, those, what, what, what God holds for those children and those families. But under divine inspiration, under the power of the Holy Spirit, Simeon saw what was going to happen to Christ because he was familiar with the Scriptures. He knew who this Christ child was. He knew that he was the Son of God. He knew that he was the Messiah. And he gave Mary a warning, a preparatory warning. He said to Mary, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. He was predicting, he was prophesying, Mary, you're going to watch your son be crucified. And as his hands are pierced with those nails, and as his feet are pierced with those nails, and as his brow is pierced with those thorns, and as his side is pierced with that spear, a sword is going to pierce your heart, Mary. See, Jesus wants you to know that he's enough, moms, when your heart is broken. Maybe somebody does something to your kids that just breaks your heart, that hurts you. I've noticed that watching my wife. You can mess with her. I call it the mama bear syndrome. You mess with them cubs, even if daddy messes with the cubs. <laughs> the claws and the fangs that you didn't know were there. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you know? And that's that's... Don't mess with them baby cubs. Don't mess with them cubs. Even now they're grown cubs. Don't mess with them. Don't you dare say anything bad about your mom, the, the mama's babies. Don't matter if them babies are 52, 62. Say, don't, you say, don't you hurt them. Because it breaks a mama's heart. A sword pierces her soul every time something negative is said about one of their children. Jesus is enough. When your heart is broken over your child. Maybe somebody did something to your child. Or maybe your child did something to themselves. Physically, emotionally, mentally. We don't know. But you, you know what I'm talking about. When your heart is broken. I wonder. I would be willing to bet every mama here has had a broken heart over their child. Or because something that happened to their child. Jesus is enough when your heart is broken. And lastly, Jesus is enough when you need a Savior. There's Mary. She's, she's watching her son. But she's not just watching her son. She's watching her Savior. She's watching her Savior. The Bible says, we just read it a moment ago, that the angel said, you will call his name Jesus. Mary, you don't get to pick his name. Joseph, you don't get to pick his name. We've already given him in heaven a name, and his name is God is my salvation. His name is Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When she was looking at her son dying on the cross, she was watching her Savior bleed and suffer for her sin. In Luke chapter 1, verse 47, she even calls him Savior in her Magnificat, the, the praise that Mary expresses back to God. For being, for being honored to give birth to the Son of God. She says, calls Jesus 
Savior. Listen, if Mary, the mother of Jesus, needed to be saved, everybody does. She was a highly favored woman. She was blessed among women, but yet she needed a Savior. Everybody needs a Savior. Men need a Savior. Jesus isn't just for women and children. Men, you may be strong enough to do a lot of things, but you can't beat sin, and your life is proof of that. Because you're trying, aren't you? But you're failing, aren't you? You can't beat sin. I can't beat sin. I can't beat death. We say, we're men, we're strong, we can do anything, but I can't beat death. I can't beat sin. And I'm not strong enough to beat Satan. But through Christ I am. In Christ alone, every father, every man, every mother, every woman, every boy, every girl can have victory over sin, Satan, death, and hell. Every person needs a Savior. Mary, the mother of Jesus, tells us that. My Savior, He will save His people from their sins. Do you need a Savior this morning? Have you given your heart and life to Jesus Christ? Do you know for sure that if you were to die today, that you would be ushered into the presence of God? Many of you today, your mother's in heaven. That's where my mother is. She went there about a year and a half ago. For many of you, that's true. You want to see her again. The way you can see her again is if you've given your life to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Have you been saved? Have you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin and save you? What a better way to honor your mother alive or in heaven alive than to follow Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Would you bow with me this morning? This morning I'm going to...